Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Today I would like to really speak to you on two messages in the same amount of time that I would normally speak. I don't want you to panic. This is not a double header. But we are about to enter into a significant season in Abundant Life's history. Beginning tomorrow, we are going on 28 days of prayer and fasting. And on your way out today, you will see a table on your right-hand side. It will afford you the opportunity to pick up information on the many different kinds of fasts that you can do. We are not on a hunger strike. This is prayer and fasting. And you will get plenty of teaching throughout the month concerning both of those subjects to go along with this season that we're going into. We are asking that you participate, do your best, don't compare yourself to anyone else, but we're asking you to pray and let God speak to you and for you to do your best. Can I get an amen? Amen. And you can sign up on a sheet if you're worried about signing your name, you don't want everybody knowing what day because we want every day covered. Just maybe put your initials or something on there so that we make sure every day is covered. Now I wanna share a couple things with you this morning about prayer and fasting that the Lord has laid on my heart to let you know why. Isaiah 58, verses six through 12, I wanna give you three examples. And it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Here's why to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Seven. Is it not to deal the bread to the hungry? Save your money from your groceries, you're gonna feed people at the end. Bring the poor that are cast to your house, see the naked and cover him, Hide not yourself from your own flesh, other human beings like you, verse eight. Then, this, is, this will be the result. Thy light shall break forth as the morning, thine health. Is there anybody sick in the congregation today? Your health will spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. Nine, then shall you call and the Lord shall answer. You will cry, and he will say, here I am. If thou takest away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, 10. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity and your darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and make fat your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Sounds to me like it would be worth it. 
to enter into a season of prayer and of fasting. I spoke to you on Thursday night about how important it is for the church to stand in the gap for the United States of America and for the entire world. It's up to us, folks. God works through the church, the body. Esther chapter four, the Jews under Haman were sentenced. He was going to try to have them all sentenced to death. But one woman stood in his path and her name was Esther. This is Esther chapter four, verse 13. Mordecai, I commanded to answer Esther. Do not think yourself that you will escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether will hold your peace at this time, then there shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. She was that desperate. They all fasted, and God changed the heart of a king. And then finally, Daniel, chapter 10. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And verse 10, and behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And the angel answered and said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. Stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set thine heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God, thy words were had, were heard, and I am come for your words. All because of prayer and fasting. If it changed Israel and changed their world, then it'll still work today in our world but this is entirely up to us. So that's why we're praying and we're fasting. I would also like to recommend over these next 28 days, other kinds of fasts. I would recommend a fast from the media. No news reports over periods of time, no newspapers, no television, no radio, no TV. Maybe you'd wanna fast from videos, Fast from Facebook. Fast from video games. Well, what would I do with my time? Build a prayer room. Build a war room. Enter into it. Be an intercessor. Read your Bible. Talk to your wife. 
Talk to your family. Pray together with your friends. I would also like to suggest that you watch The War Room. If you haven't seen it yet, we showed it here last night and um, had several visitors. Everyone was greatly moved by it. I would suggest you watch it once a week. Well, I don't have a copy. Go buy it. It's available. You can afford it. It will be worth it to you. But it will inspire you and let you know what God can do through prayer and through fasting. I also want to remind you, and you will be reminded of this several times over the next 28 days, we have some very specific targets. And I'm going to share just a few of them with you. These are the names that we are targeting. Now, I realize you will have your own personal targets. I understand that, and and that's great. But as a church, we have defined some specific targets at this point. We are going after people that have not received a healing as yet and whom doctors have said can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. So we are going to be with God for Marge Franklin, Tina Leet, Veronica Mesa, Bob Vick, Bill Schultz, and Gordon Mallory, who has been diagnosed with cancer. We are also going to go after a a financial miracle for our church. Our interest rate went up again. Now we are at 6.75%. This is a continued burden for the church, and we're going to believe that God is going to do supernatural things that man has yet to been able to do. And we are going to pray, God, change me and save them and show us signs, wonders, and miracles in the church. Does that sound like a worthy target? If it is, I'd like you to stand to your feet, clap your hands, tell Jesus you're in. I'm in, Lord. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Hallelujah. Praise God. While you're standing, part two, Luke chapter six. One verse in your hearing today. Luke chapter six and the 38th verse. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Now the world would say, this verse should say, receive and receive some more, and preach a prosperity doctrine. I do not preach a prosperity doctrine. I do not think God wants you to be rich. I'm just gonna tell you that. It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So if he said that, why would he want you to be rich? He wants to flow through your life. In the process, you will become rich. 
Spiritually, you will become rich and all of your needs will be supplied and you will be a vessel through which God can supply needs to others. Did you read it? Did you see it here? He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men, he's gonna do it through people. And then he warns us and says, the way you measure out, the way you give, is the way that you'll receive. So today for a few minutes I wanna preach on this subject. Give away everything you want. Give away everything you want. God bless you, you may be seated. We're still in the Christmas season. How many of you still have a Christmas tree up or Christmas decorations of any kind? I hope I didn't offend you with a Christmas tree, but uh, Christmas decorations of any kind. Still got any of them up? Still Christmas, still fresh in your mind? I thought back to when I was a child. Do you remember when you were about this big, what Christmas meant to you? It meant receiving. Now let's be honest about it, okay? It meant receiving. You looked at all the gifts that were under the tree. You determined what they could be by the size of the gift. The bigger the gift, the bigger your imagination. The more gifts, the better. I remember one of the greatest gifts that I ever got as a young person came in a box about this big. You know what it was? A watch. I thought that small gift would be insignificant, but I really appreciated the first watch that I ever got when I got it at Christmas time. I believed in Santa as long as I could. I remember being a teenager and my father having to tell me that there was no Santa Claus. He said, why did you play this game so long? And I said, well, Dad, because Santa's better than you. He's more generous than you are. You learn to play the game and, and that's the way the children think. First Corinthians says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, I acted as a child. You, you think about receiving. But the next verse says, but when I became a man, things change as you get older. And as you get older, you're more willing to give. And I have to admit, my greatest joy is trying to bring joy to other people. Do you feel good when you bless somebody, you give them something that they really need and you see them smile and, and, and you, you see their appreciation, you might even hear a thank you? How does that make you feel? Makes you feel good, doesn't it? I think that there's a spiritual maturity that comes to our lives that may have started out as gimme, 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 but it's now I want to give and I want to bless other people. Bill Cosby said that his parents changed because they were old and they knew that they were facing eternity. He said when we were young, we didn't get very much. Now that they're old, we get a lot. He said that's just old people because they want to go to heaven and they figured giving would help get them there. Giving doesn't earn you anything. We should give for the joy 
of giving. The joy of giving. And there is a great joy in giving. Listen to what, what the Lord said about giving. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Can we say that spiritually? It is more blessed to give than it is to receive? Now our God is a great giver. God's a great giver. Isaiah 9 and 6 said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is. And look at some of the descriptive terms of this given gift of God being manifest in the flesh. Whenever you speak of him, you say words like, oh, he's wonderful. He's my counselor. He's my mighty God. He's my everlasting father. He's my prince of peace. He was given. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Do you hear that? You can give without loving, but you can't love. You can't say you love and not give. James 1 and 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Well, what does that mean? God is the author of the gift. He's the provider of the gift. Psalm 16 and 11, thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sounds like some pretty good gifts. Sounds like somebody that owns a lot and is generous with what he owns. And we have received many gifts. Can I get an amen? We have received so many, many gifts. And a gift, let me, this is very important that you get this part of the message. A gift is not something that you earn. A gift is something that is given from the generosity of another source. That's why it's called a gift. A paycheck from work is not a gift. You were supposed to have worked and earned that check. But a gift, that's just the generosity of the giver. Here, I want you to have this. Well, how much do I owe you? Nothing, it's a gift. Well, I don't feel worthy. Well, that's why it's called a gift. That's why people have such a hard time receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because they think, I'm not a good enough person to have earned it. You're not supposed to earn it. You're supposed to receive it. You're supposed to be thankful for it because it's a gift. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I promise this gift because the next verse says, for the promise is unto you and your children and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He doesn't exclude anybody from this gift. Isn't that great? Nobody's excluded. Everybody's included. What a generous, gifting God we serve. 
John 14 and 6, 6 said, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Those are gifts. I'm lost. Well, you need to know the way. If you're lost, you need to know the way. That's why you're lost. You don't know the way. This is deep, deep preaching today. I, I pray that you are intellectual enough to understand the deep thought that I have just given you. You're lost? You need Jesus. He's the way. He'll give you the truth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, now I know where I'm going. Where did that come from? It came from the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And he said he was the life. But you gotta get him in the proper order. You can't just walk up to God and say, I want life. No, Lord, I wanna know the way. I wanna know the truth so that I can have eternal life. There's an order here, but those are all gifts. They're gifts, and we should be thankful for them. Do you know that repentance is a gift? The Bible calls it the gift of repentance. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. It was God in his mercy that even brought you to the conclusion that you needed to repent, and then he heard your repentance, and then he granted you forgiveness. Do you know that having your sins washed away is a gift? It came all the way from Calvary. His blood is what washes away our sins. And that when we're baptized in Jesus' name and our sins are washed away, we haven't earned that. That's a gift. We are a gifted people. I pray that we are not a spoiled people, nor an entitled people, but that we are a thankful people. A thankful people. Thankful for his gifts. I'm thankful for the truth. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for the relationship that he allows me to have with him. Gifts. Do you know what mercy is? It's a gift. One man said it this way. He said, mercy is when I don't get what I do deserve and grace is when I do get what I don't deserve. But what are mercy and grace? They're not earned. You didn't have to do a hundred things to get either one of them. But you had to have some faith. How many of you appreciate the mercy of God? I appreciate the mercy of God. How many of you need the mercy of God today? Think you might need it tomorrow and the rest of your life? It's a gift. How many of you still mess up? Have to go to God and say, oh God, I'm so sorry. I did it again. Oh my goodness. Mercy. Mercy. You know, I appreciate, I I know I'm kind of hung up on this war room right now, but I, I appreciated that movie in that everybody didn't get things back like it was a fairy tale. You know, the guy gets his job back. They win first place at the competition. No, no, no. He admits, he gets it right with God after he loses his job. Get this. 
He gets it right with God after he loses his job and then realizes he's got something that doesn't belong to him. And he feels compelled to return it, even if it might mean he'd go to prison. Why would you do that? Because God convicts us and tells us what we need to do. And that becomes a witness to them. And God moved on the man that had the power to put him in prison to say, thank you for what you did. If you're willing to pay it back. See, he didn't just let him off the hook completely. That's another thing I appreciated. We, we just want grand grace, grand mercy. We think there should be no re- repercussions for some of our actions. No, we need to humble ourselves and we need to restore. If we've stolen, then we need to restore. I robbed a bank. I got a million dollars. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Show me mercy, but I want to keep the million dollars. That's not repentance. There are some things. Here's what I really want to say to you today. That you can only keep if you give them away. But if you don't give them away, you lose them. Let me give you a few examples. Here's some of the things Jesus said here. Let me see if I can find them. I'm way off my notes. Matthew 16, 25. Whosoever will save his life will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What? How can you lose something to find it? That doesn't make any sense at all. What he's saying is, if you want to keep your life, if you want eternal life, you got to give me the one you got. Then I'll give you the one you couldn't afford. The one you didn't deserve. The one you weren't worthy of. The gift of salvation. But I want what you have. I want you to give it to me. I want you to lose it. Then you'll find it. Deep, isn't it? You know, I remember when my wife and I came to the Lord, we had lots of problems. I know you've heard some of this before, but it bears repeating. And one of the problems we had was we were really struggling financially. Any of you ever struggle financially? That's tough, isn't it? Worrying about if you can pay the rent, make your car payment, if the lights will be on, the heat will work. That's tough. But when we gave our lives to God, the last thing God checked on was our finances and said, can I have them? We turned them over to Sister Tamil because we had failed financially to manage what we had. And the first thing we learned was to put God first in our finances and to be better stewards of what we had. We learned how to tithe. Didn't make sense, doesn't make sense. 
If you can't pay, listen, I'll tell you what doesn't make sense. You're struggling financially and every paycheck you're giving 25 to 30% to the government and you're gonna keep right on doing it. You're gonna keep paying your taxes because you're under the threat of going to jail. But when it comes to God speaking to us about our finances and he says, can I have the first 10% and anything else I ask for? We say, oh, no way, man. You kidding me, 10%? You out of your mind? But we give the government three times that much. And look what they do with it. I better not go there. So we gave God the first 10% and God began to bless us immediately. Look where we are today. Look what the Lord has done. God has been so good to us. Can I get an amen from anybody else? Has he been good to you? But we needed, see what we thought was when we came to God with our financial problems was we thought God's gonna give us. And God said, no, give me. It's backwards. God, you know anything about math? If you don't have, if you can't pay, how can you give? God said, you don't know anything about faith. You don't know anything about trust. You don't know anything about appreciation. Where do you think the 100% came from? I moved on somebody to hire you. You know how you got your job? God moved on the president of the company or somebody in charge of hiring to give you the job in the first place. God blessed that company. That allows you to receive a paycheck. And now you turn around and say, God, I... And he said, no, give. And it'll be given unto you. Not so that you can have more. He'll supply all your needs. Some of your wants, too. But do you know what he really wants? He wants you to be a vessel so that he can bless others through your life. Isn't it a good feeling to give to Christmas for Christ? Isn't it a good feeling to to see somebody that's struggling financially and, and give them a quick trip card or a gift card of some kind and say, hey, the Lord just told me that I needed to to give you this. And they fall all over you and you say, nah, don't, no, I'm glad to do it, and you walk away. You're not looking for praise. It's not a loan. Anybody hearing what I'm saying today? The only way that you can continue to be blessed is to be a giver. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your talents. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about all the things that are important to you. If it's important to you, you gotta be willing to give it. If you wanna keep it and continue to have what you need in your life. Listen to this, one of the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What, wait, that's backwards. I have mercy, I want more mercy, no. No, he said, I want you to be a merciful person so that you can keep mercy. Because if you stop giving it, you're not gonna be allowed to receive it anymore. I'm cutting you off. Well, God's not mean. 
No, but he, li- he teaches us principles to live by. And if you want something, if it means, if it's very important to you, you need to open your hands. See, if whatever you receive, you close your hands around, it's like it turns into sand or water. Just seems to fizzle right out of your hands. And you know, while your hands are closed, you can't receive. You can't receive. If I had a $20 bill and I said, now, honey, I wanna give you this $20 bill, but I want you to close your hands, she wouldn't be able to receive it. But knowing my very wise wife, she'd open her mouth and say, stick it in there and see what happens. (laughs) God is good. And whatever you want to keep, you got to learn to give it away. Give it away. Forgiveness. How many of you need forgiveness? The day you stop giving it, that's the day you stop receiving it. You remember the story of the man that had a great debt? Rather than read it, I'll just recite it for you. So great a debt that he'd never be able to pay it off in a lifetime, fell at his king's feet and said, King, I'll pay you back every cent. I'm not looking for a free ride. Please be merciful and don't put me in prison. And he said, All right, I forgive you the debt. You don't have to pay it back. It's a gift. And he went out and grabbed one of the people that owed him 20 bucks, grabbed him by the throat and said, I want my 20 bucks today or you're going to jail. And he lost his forgiveness and he was cast into prison. Why did Jesus tell us that story? Because if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. The day you stop forgiving people is the day you no longer have forgiveness. Last thing. Matthew chapter 25. I'll tell you this story too. The king came to his servants one day and he said, I'm going to give you talents. We don't know if it's money. We don't know if it's ability. It was called talents. He said, I'm giving you five. I'm giving you two. And I'm giving you one. Now, I don't know why. One got five, one got two, and one got one. Doesn't, I don't know the answer to that question. There are some people that are more talented than other people. Would you agree with that? They are more gifted. Freely we have received, freely we. And to whom much is, much is re. So I don't know if you're a five or a two or a one, but I do know this. Everybody has at least one talent. Everybody has at least one talent. I don't know what your talent is. If you don't know, you need to ask God, and when he tells you what it is, you need to spend it. He came back a time later. He said, he started with the man with five. He said, well, I'm here to see what you did with what I gave you. 
He said, well, Lord, he said, you gave me five, and I've gained five. Now I have ten. And he was so pleased with them. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you a ruler over many things. He went to the two. What have you done? I've gained two. Good job. He didn't say, well, you didn't do as good as the guy with five. He gave him the same praise. This is deep preaching. I am way over my head in this intellectual thinking here. Good job. Been faithful over a few things. Make you a ruler over many things and enter into the joy of the Lord. And you, what have you done? Well, I took the one talent you had. I knew you were a hard man. And you don't reap and sow and do all the work like I do, so I was afraid you'd be mad if I lost it, so I put it in the ground and I hid it. Here it is, you can have it back. And the Lord was wroth with that man. And he took that talent and he said, give it to the one that's got 10 and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. God expects us Let's stand together. He expects us to give a return on his investments. His investments, his gifts, his giving. He expects it. He requires it. And I think he has a right to. Amen? He has a right to. So whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, whatever situation that you're in, recognize that you've received. Now, if I were to ask you today, and this is where I'm gonna leave you with this question. What is it in life that you want more of? Don't don't shout it out, just think about it. What is it in your life that you want more of? And when you settle that, I will venture to say you're not giving enough of it. How many of you want more friends? Here's the principle. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. I want more friends. Be more friendly. I want people to pray with me. I want people to encourage me. How many people do you pray with? How many people do you encourage? You're going to need it somewhere down the line. Maybe you don't feel you need it today. But when God moves on you to go and pray with somebody, you best get up there and pray with them. Because one day you're going to be that person that's all alone at the altar that nobody's praying with because you neglected to use your talents, your treasures, and your time the way that God intended and the way he gifted you. Jesus, I pray today that you will help us to take this message and in a positive way, 
be able to see that everything that we have, we have because you've blessed us. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.